On today's episode, we discuss the Colts firing head coach Frank Wright, the NFL flexes the Chiefs and the Chargers, and is OBJ on his way to Jerry World? This and much, much more. It's time to sideline the agenda. Welcome to Sideline the Agenda. My name is Scott. With me is Kevin and Chris. Welcome to the show that sidelines the talking points of the corporate sports media. We give you our opinions unapologetically. Nothing is out of bounds and every subject is fair game. Coming up, OBJ does Dallas and the Colts look to Saturday to improve their Sundays. But first, we would like to invite you to join our agenda to sideline the agenda by subscribing to our podcast on Apple Podcasts or wherever you enjoy your podcast entertainment. You can also follow us on Twitter at Sideline Agenda. Sideline the Agenda. Get off the sideline and into the game. Oh, yeah. Welcome, everybody, to Sideline the Agenda. Quick correction there. It's, it's, it's at our handle is at Sideline Agenda on Twitter. Um, not that it matters. You type in Sideline the Agenda, y- you find us. We're the only ones there. And, and, and you got to do it, baby. Type it in. You got to type it in, baby. You got to make it happen. <laughs> it's that your de- your democracy is uh, is on the it's line. <laughs> uh, lives. Everybody, hopefully you are having a fine Wednesday, and uh, hopefully you did your patriotic duty uh, yesterday and and, and voted. Um, I know I did, and, and I, I believe all those present here did. You don't have to say if you did or didn't, uh, but feel free to to do if you if you like to. Um, but uh, you know, obviously, uh, the the funny thing, just real quick, for, for the frustrating thing for me, I was reflecting on this as I was voting. I was in, in our in our great state of California. We've got the uh, the uh, um, oh, what is it, the Dominion system, the uh, d- the digital uh, screen yeah. thingy. It's it's actually kind of. It's kind of a cool, yeah, it's pretty convenient, and it's kind of a cool thing. I don't know if you guys were aware of this. Uh, Now I'm getting on a complete aside here, Uh, but you can actually go to a website in which you can have a sample ballot that you can digitally fill out. So you put in all your picks, baby, and it gives you a QR code when you're done. And then when you go in to register, you know, you you, you give them your little information, then you go pick your little machine, and then you just uh, scan with your smartphone the uh, QR code, and it just brings up all your picks, and you can verify your picks, and then you uh, print your ballot out, you check that out, and then you wonk, sign it right, or flop flop it right back in, and uh, go on your merry way. It's pretty damn convenient. It's all digital in wow. this wonderful digital age, and it makes me wonder, though, like, so, so why, why, why are we waiting forever to find out what happens? Like, how come that information isn't just available immediately? Uh, I'm not obviously speaking about California because we all know the way that's going to swing, baby. But uh, you know, in all these other uh, swing states, um, the, these battleground states, it's like, why, why are we waiting? Uh, throughout the night? Why are we waiting to the next day, to the next week to find out the results? I mean, close close competitive race isn't enough. I'm sorry, because it's like, it's, it's funny to me because we're in the technology age and day that we're in. You know, we've got the worldwide interwebs. We've got information bounce, bouncing off of satellites in the space. And yet we can't find out who won a effing, you know, election <laughs> in one night. We have to, you know, but I remember when I first started uh, voting, you know, you'd go to the to the, the polling place and, and you'd walk in and you'd give them, you know, your, your information. They'd give you the little 
the sheet, the little like Scantron sheet, you right. know, like everybody remember those, like, uh, um, yeah. and then you'd walk into your booth, you'd be that little rickety ass, uh, you know, booth with that half curtain, like what the hell was that thing? You know, it's like, <laughs> uh, I guess it keeps prying eyes off of, uh, who you're voting for, you know? Um, but, uh, you'd, you'd put it in the little slot and then you'd have your little, uh, cardboard book that you'd look in the, you'd find your, your corresponding picks and you would, you would punch, uh, you know, uh, in the, in the, in the Chad days in the hanging Chad days, you'd punch your little, you know, holes out That's or, right. uh, later after that, after that debacle, uh, the, you did the little Sharpie dot, you know, and then you like take it out. It. Yeah, yeah, exactly. And then you'd walk it over to the little uh, lady or gentleman behind the desk and they'd give you a little, uh, yeah, I voted sticker and sticker. they'd put it in the bin and they'd, or they'd scan it, you know? And then, so obviously that all went somewhere. All that information got compiled. You go home, you, you eat dinner, you watch the nightly news or your local news, and they tell you who won. And, uh, and, and that was before the internet. That was before right. all of this technology. It just seems like th the more technology we have, all of a sudden the less, uh, you know, um, comprehensive, the less effective we are, the, the, the longer these things take, really. I mean, you, you, you got to be kidding me. Anyway. Well, bit. certain powers that be, they got to know how many votes they're short so that they can, you know. Well, isn't that there. exactly right? <laughs> isn't, that, doesn't that, doesn't that, isn't that the natural conclusion that I, one would I gotta, take? I got to say, though, when you were first talking about how convenient it is to fill out something online and they just come in there with your QR code and scan it and then it's done, uh, that got my conspiracy. Oh, uh, God, yeah. Got me oh, perking yeah, up sure. like... You can get all these people on these voter rolls that don't vote or never vote or have moved or are dead, and you just pre-fill them out, go scan them in, bam, there you go. you got it's, tons of more votes right it's there. It's so true that you say that, Chris, because really all you have to put in is your date of birth, which they would have access to, and your last name, and it brings you, it gives yeah. you the uh, sample ballot. Uh, and then, like you said, when you go in to register to vote, what do you give your name and your date of birth? <laughs> so it's like, right. if you already have that information, you'd be able to do that. And like you said, scan, boop, bing, bump, on your way, off you go. And nobody be the wiser. Well, we had the big hot topic of the, uh, the lottery lately. And as you know, speaking of QR codes, you got a QR code that is unique and everyone scans that to find out if they won or not. They can compile that and do that all in a single night. That's right. Why the Powerball, each, right? Each, why doesn't each person, and you know, you don't want to get into, because uh, this just goes down a dangerous road of putting chips in people, but each person should have their own QR code that can be scanned that's unique to that person. It can only be scanned one time, and you can see exactly how you vote. I mean, there's ways that they can make it foolproof, but... You know, the people in charge don't want to make it foolproof. And I think that's the point. Yeah. And I, I don't even know if it needs to be 100% foolproof, but it could be pretty damn close. And to your point, right. I mean, if you go in and you like, because, because where we're at, of course, everybody gets a mail-in ballot, right? You know, they're just handing them out like candy. Uh, but if you go in and you vote in person, that voids out your mail-in ballot, right? In theory, at least, that's what it should right. do. And if you if you mail your ballot in, you know there should be a system in line with the uh, uh, the postal service where when they scan your envelope, you know, as into where it's going, that it registers that this specific voter ballot has been 
is in play. Submitted, right. You know, so then they yeah. know that this person's not coming in in person, right? So that voids that out. And so then, you know what I mean? Like, then you have all the information. And when the, the, the voter, the, the mail-in ballots are coming in, they should be tallying those right away anyway. Uh, and so there's really very little reason that I can see why you don't pretty much know who won in the outcomes that night. Uh, pretty much damn near when the polls close. Um, but like you said, if you want to scratch your ass a little bit and buy some time and, oh, oh my God, look what I found underneath this uh, tablecloth, uh, underneath this table. Hey, did you guys are aware of all these uh, ballots sitting here? Oh, well, let's run them. <laughs> you know what I mean? <laughs> like you said, you open up air for the conspiracy theories to happen. And when you don't just have transparency and let people see a little bit behind the hood and just say, hey, acknowledge that people have concerns, acknowledge that people take their yeah, democracy very seriously and they're, they're, they're right as a citizen and just go, okay, we understand why there might be concerns here. You know, have that conversation opposed to shutting the conversation down automatically and then, uh, you know, uh, uh, taking somebody off a social media platform and then labeling them an election den denier. You know what I mean? Like, why, why go right. there? Why not just have, have the open, like, hey, we're all in this together conversation? Oh, maybe it's because maybe something nefarious is afoot. I don't know. Uh, but anyway, uh, talked way too much about voting. Uh, but uh, <laughs> nonetheless... Well, I feel the like I'm NFL. the only one in, in the Los Angeles area that just wanted to take their QR code and submit it to the challenge. Get it to Fred. <laughs> I want to win me a, I want to win me a damn wow. prize. Well, hopefully our reach is far past that very, very local uh, program that you just referenced, <laughs> Kevin. Um, anyway, so, uh, yes, uh, sports still in effect. Uh, things happening uh, in, in the league. Um, whispers in the night, if you will. Uh, one that we alluded to earlier at the top of the show was uh, OBJ. Do you, do you think he might be uh, heading to uh, Jerry World? Do you think he might be heading to the Cowboys? I know Jerry Jones. He said uh, it could look pretty good with the Cowboys in regards to uh, 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 Odell Beckham Jr., uh, Micah Parsons as well. It was, it was, he's, he's openly trying to recruit OBJ. Um, there was a local reporter that said that uh, it was his understanding that Odell Beckham prefers not to play in a cold weather city. He will for the right deal, but he prefers to be somewhere warm, uh, especially coming off his ACL. Um, so it looks like maybe potentially the ball is in the Cowboys court or field more appropriately. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, this is... Uh... I mean, the Cowboys are kind of like the Lakers of the NBA. The Lakers are, and, and like the Yankees of baseball. So anytime there's any kind of rumor or free agent or trade, those teams are always going to get thrown in there. Now, this one could actually make somewhat sense. Um, I, I just don't see it happening. I don't know if he really wants to go join that circus. I mean, they haven't really had, even though their defense looks pretty good, I don't know, are you going to really throw your... Um, your future into the hands of Dak Prescott in that offense uh, going into playoff time. And also, do you want to play on turf? I know he said that the cold weather is an issue, but do you want to play in that Astro turf? Because that's also yeah. been an issue for your leg. But with that being said, you know, the Rams play on turf as well. Um, I mean, we said it here several weeks ago. I think his best options were going to be um, Kansas City and Buffalo. But Buffalo being cold, maybe that's out the door, especially if Allen's elbow is messed up. Uh, if he's not going to be healthy throwing you that ball, it's probably not a spot you want to be. And uh, I don't see anything wrong with being another weapon 
in Kansas City. So it, it's I think it's going to ultimately come down to who's going to pay him the most, basically. And are they just going to rent him for this year? And then he's going to go into free agency and try to sign a big contract with wherever he wants to go at that point. You know, maybe he'll he'll try to decide who's going to give him the best run just for the playoffs and then really see where he wants to go in the summer. So it'll be interesting. I just, I'll just be very surprised if he does actually end up in Dallas. O-B-J-I-D-K. <laughs> kind of don't care. But uh, OBJ, I, I, he could be a Cowboy. Absolutely. I mean, since they gave up Amari Cooper, they are kind of lacking in that position. Um, I, I don't know if CD, Mr. CD Lamb out there is kind of doing it for him or cutting it. I've seen him drop many, many balls, although he does have some big games because they consistently go to him. They do need somebody to go to other than CD Lamb, um, and that's pretty prevalent. Uh, but I mean, as far as the cold and whatnot, I mean, at this point, I think he's just trying to grab another championship and uh, up his legacy. I think uh, he's nearing, um, he's cherry picking basically teams that are basically in the front right now and and, uh, looking to make a playoff push. Uh, You could see him on the Cowboys, although the Cowboys are second, you know, to the the Eagles, the undefeated Eagles, matter of fact. And I don't think, uh, you know, the Cowboys are going to really make any moves in the playoffs. They might be a one, you know, one and done type type crew out there so um, I don't know if that would be the smartest position or, or thing for OBJ to you know pursue but you know I could see him maybe pursuing also like the Seahawks you know somebody like that I mean that how standing that receiver crew would be um, and then fit OBJ there like the third threat I mean god like uh, Gino's been pretty impressive thus far I mean uh, and they have a pretty suitable defense might be a better suit for OBJ at this moment um, I know that there was talks with uh, Green Bay but Green Bay's pretty much tanked i don't know if they might make a second you know season uh second half season comeback don't see it happening but uh you know at this point uh jerry jones if he wants him if that's his guy i'm sure he'll go out and do everything he can to get him and obj's kind of proven to you know let the money talk and you know if they give him a good enough deal i could see him be a dallas cowboys sure yeah, he loses nothing for this to hit the rumor mill. You know what I mean? Like, right. because the the Dallas, of course, has such an immense following and and a, a, such a big brand that this only just helps. You know, bring bump his brand back to the top of uh, people's conversation. Yeah, I mean, here, we're, we're talking bit. about him too. Though I I agree. Like Kevin, you're saying the I mean, an intriguing move would be him heading to Seattle or a place like that. Um, but I doubt he'll ever do that. Just because again. Uh, I think he wants that that double, uh, you know, that that bump of him professionally, uh, but also his his uh, his personal brand as well. Um, all right. Well, uh, the NFL, they uh, they announced they, they they flexed the Chiefs and Chargers week 11 game. Um, it was uh, scheduled uh, uh, for for the regular, uh, you know, week 12 Sunday, but they bumped it to the Sunday night football, um, November 20th game. And uh, they uh, took away the uh, Bengals, uh, uh, Cincinnati Bengals and Pittsburgh Steelers uh, game, moved that to the regular, the, the old fuddy-duddy regular uh, Sunday games um and and uh, i thought this was a, a good move myself you know the chargers they'll you know appear on sunday night in uh, uh, uh consecutive weeks they will uh, travel to san francisco to take on the 49ers um and then uh the bolts are also scheduled to host the uh the Rams on Sunday night on January 1st, week 17. So uh, this is obviously the game that I, I everybody would rather see, this great battle for uh, who's best in the AFC West. Um, you know, just think that this is a good move, and I just wanted to put it on everybody's radar. 
Yeah, the only ones that would be somewhat upset would be either Steelers or Bengals fans. <laughs> yeah, so <laughs> everyone cares, else yeah. in the country they want to see this. <laughs> this is a hot shot quarterback matchup. These are the first and I think second place teams in that division, respectively. Both have winning records. So yeah, smart move NFL. I, I kind of like it too. NFL is just making a, a another sales deploy. Another you know how what can we do to catch more eyes. Um, and this is the way to do it. You got to get two powerhouses, and this is obviously a fight for the division. Um, they're one and two, like you guys have mentioned, and so we're we're all expecting a showdown. And honestly, they play each other really good. They're always fantastic games. Yeah. Uh, everything that in the in the past, everything we could base everything off of. I mean, yeah, we're all in for a show. And the Bengals, um, they're kind of you know hit and miss. And then the Steelers are you know nothing nothing really going there. So looking forward to this one. Yeah, and you know what? Uh, correct me if I'm wrong, but if since this is week 11, if by some miracle the Chiefs lose to the Jaguars next week and the Bolts beat the 49ers, this could be a battle for the top, uh, uh, the first place in the AFC West, right? Yeah. Yeah, so yeah. even better, right? Though I doubt that's going to happen. Um, all right, well, let's move on to Monday Night Football real quick. Uh, in New Orleans, the New Orleans Saints hosted the Baltimore Ravens and uh, lost to Lamar Jackson and uh, the Ravens 27-13. Lamar Jackson, he uh, threw for 133 yards and a touchdown, uh, also rushed for uh, 82 yards. Um, Kenyon Drake, of course, big factor as well for the running game of the Ravens at 93 yards and two touchdowns. Uh, the Saints, you know, they had Andy Dalton uh, behind center, 210 yards, one touchdown, one interception. Um, you know, not much of a rushing game, uh, spread the ball a little bit, but uh, just just not not enough uh, for the Saints. And uh, this kind of went, I, I, I'm assuming, how we all thought it would go. Uh, the Ravens taking this and now uh, finding themselves with a 6-3 and three record. Yeah, we all picked the Ravens to win this game. And... The Saints had a couple chances towards the end of this, the the first half to kind of stay in it, but they had a drop in the end zone, and they had to settle for a field goal. They had to settle for a field goal a couple times, and they got a turnover, and it's just they were just outclassed by the Ravens. Yeah, Ravens are a much better team this show forth, obviously. Uh, Mr. Jackson is going to be a free agent in 127 days, so who knows what that contract's going to look like. Looks like he's obviously trying to build up the best season he can going into his contract year. Um, so, you know, Lamar Jackson was just – he was fantastic, guys. Um, he I'd cemented his 100th career touchdown, um, and, you know, he was the first player in NFL history with 100 TDs and over 4,000 yards of rushing in a five-year span uh he's just he's just building his legacy here guys pretty amazing um in only 67 games lamar's fifth all-time in rushing yards by a quarterback um with 4,308 um behind only russell wilson who's done that in actually 165 games uh he he ran 4,802 yards uh then you had randall cunningham at 162 games uh 4,900 yards cam newton 148 games 56 yards and who's leading the league or has that record is mr no other but the michael Vic, that guy was amazing. But he only he did 
6,100 yards, 6,109 actually to be exact, and 143 yards. So Lamar's doing, games. yeah, 4,300 yards in 67 games, half of, half of the games that these gentlemen have played. And so he's he's putting up pretty good numbers. Um, hopefully if he stays healthy, you know, we, we will probably be seeing this for uh, many, many years to come. And so we can't really expect any from anything more from Lamar. And, and just looking at the Ravens altogether, um, they're they're pretty they're a pretty solid team. Um, they're they're obviously leading their division. Uh, they're six and three now. I think in the AFC power rankings, they're ranked number three. Um, and so you know, they they might be scary this year. They might be one of those sleeper teams uh, because that defense is shaping together too. And obviously that defense, you know, leaded uh, particularly by you know longtime Chiefs, Mr. Justin Houston, twelve uh, year man. Uh, actually, Houston uh, set a record as well. Um, he was the only player to actually have record two and a half sacks and then also uh, contain an interception as well. Um, and that was a franchise record for uh, the Ravens, which was kind of kind of crazy because the Ravens had so many different great defensive players that has been on that football field for the Ravens and wear their uniforms that the, when that number came out, that, that kind of shocked me. Cause I, I didn't expect that, but Houston, I mean, that guy's a baller. I think we all know it. So, the only thing uh, you could really say with you know um, with Andy Dalton and and just the the whole they just didn't get anything going. Kamara I think was their only hope, and he had you know he had highlights and he he had times where he was just stuffed, and it looked like it was telegraphed. Um, fortunately, Andy Dalton uh, went six and twenty in prime time, which actually surpassed Kerry Collins for the worst primetime <laughs> quarterback record. Um, so sorry about that, uh, you know, um, Mr. Mr. Dalton, the uh, the orange giant there. Uh, but um, you got to play better in primetime, man. I don't know what to say, but we all picked the Ravens to win, and they ran away with it. Yeah, Lamar Jackson's going to easily, like you said, if he stays healthy, far surpass all those other guys running the ball. Um, I, I saw one interesting thing. Uh, Sean Payton, the old coach of the New Orleans Saints, was kind of hinting that oh well Lamar Jackson's going to be a free agent and I'm going to be a free agent. Um, what does that mean? <laughs> but and then all the people were commenting or uh, commenting on that comment, <laughs> saying that if like Jackson's not going to go anywhere because worst case scenario the Ravens will just franchise tag him. So it's not like Sean Payton's going right. to be able to like meet up with him in like New England or somewhere else. You know, like that that's not going to happen. Um, even though he he wouldn't. Peyton wouldn't be a head coach in New England, but you know you, you get the point. Um, but I mean that would be interesting if Peyton took an offensive coordinator position with the Ravens and they signed him to a big contract. That would be interesting. But I just thought that was kind of funny. I'm sorry, Miss Jackson. I am for real. <laughs> sorry, sorry, Peyton. Yeah, that, that I don't even know why he would make that. Again, we were talking about LeBron last week. You know, injecting himself with the Migos situation. Uh, that's like Sean Payton just in, injecting himself off yeah. of uh, riding the D of uh, Lamar Jackson <laughs> just to try and make himself relevant. Um, I will say this, though. Uh, when I was watching the game uh, Monday night, I just, I'm, I'm just not feeling the Ravens, though. Like, again, I know they're playing the Saints, but they're playing them in New Orleans. And it's just like, and they won the game, and they should have won the game. But I would just, I, I kind of had this moment where it's like, I don't know. I think I might be falling off of them a little bit as far as the AFC North is concerned. Um, Did you guys see when um, when when the uh, Saints actually scored the touchdown? 
where it was on Marcus Peters who who went for um, went for you know snagging the ball like he always does instead of going for a tackle or knocking him out of the you know knocking him off the sideline. And then the guy that the the the, uh, the safety for the Ravens literally was complaining to the ref saying that he stepped out he stepped out and totally let the guy run right by him and score a touchdown. And that's that's how they scored, dude. If I was if I was on that defense, I would be in that safety's ass. Like, what are you doing, man? Play the ball first, and then yeah, make your cry. The right. But dude, like, you don't cry in play, and then let the let the guy just run by you and score a touchdown, like. Well, oh, and my. then you saw Marcus Peters just uh, chewing off Harbaugh's uh, yeah, ear, you know, forever. <laughs> and that, the, you know, God, he just, he, you know, he just listens to a lot of bitching and belly aching on that sideline, man. Oh, man. He's got to, he's got to take on all these damn problems. He's like, man, I'm trying to win a football game here. Yeah. You know, yeah, like leave, leave the drama for your mama. <laughs> leave me alone. Yeah, we had more than enough of Peters out here in, with the Rams. It didn't even last that long, only a couple of seasons, but that was plenty long enough. Oh, man. Okay, moving on to Major League Baseball. Uh, did you guys know that the World Series, this World Series between the Houston Astros and the Philadelphia Phillies was the second least watched on TV? Um, apparently, the six-game averaged uh, 11,784,000. It's down... 1.9% from the 11,940,000 for the Atlanta Braves six game win over the Astros last year. And it's ahead of only the 9,946,000 uh, viewers for the Los Angeles Dodgers six game victory over the Tampa Bay Rays in 2020, which of course was that uh, lockdown uh, COVID classic, uh, which of course <laughs> deserves an asterisk and doesn't count. Sorry, Kershaw. Um, <laughs> But, uh, yeah, so it's just another sign that uh, baseball's on the decline. I have got to beg to differ. you got to count those fake fans that were in the stands <laughs> in oh, the yeah. stadium. The, the That's got to the, it's gotta cut, <laughs> raise that, those numbers a little bit. Yeah, the yeah, cardboard was watching that, yeah. that stupid fraud bubble oh, <laughs> so-called World Series. Dude, do you remember um, they were selling those cardboard cutouts, by the way, for like several hundred dollars a pop, by gosh, the way? Yeah, like, come people, on. Actually, people actually bought them. <laughs> but what yeah, and then these, these last two years, you know, you've got the notorious cheaters that were in the World Series, so nobody wants to watch that. I think uh, it did a lot more harm to the sport than these people have actually realized. You had the whole steroid fiasco, and then you had another cheating, and it wasn't just cheating from the Astros. Remember, it was the very next year, it was the Red Sox who also won it and had a lot of cheating scandals going That's on. Right. So it already was in decline to begin with, and then you've just got scandal after scandal, and then you got the Major League Baseball blacking people out from not being able to watch local teams. There's just so many things going on and wrong with the sport that they've got to address if they want to be uh, near and dear to the American heart, because it's, it's not working this, well, these past it, 10 years at least they have all those new uh rule changes coming up we're, we're going to cover that in a later show but uh i seriously doubt that's going to do much in regards to yeah. the viewership yeah it's more uh to to use a way overused word right now it's more systemic than that <laughs> <laughs> but speaking of being systemic the uh nba and their systemic power hungry narrative controlling groupthink that they've got going on just to continue the thread if you've been listening to us you know we've been covering a little bit of the whole Kyrie Irving situation and uh, they recently basically just put out a uh, a list of things for him to do 
Um, I call it the ransom note or the ransom list. <laughs> wow. And just to read you a couple of things that they, they did, they issued six things that he's got to first issue an apology, which I thought he already did. Yeah, but, but apparently that wasn't be, good enough for Yeah, uh, wasn't silver. good enough. He uh, has to do it, I guess, verbally, you know, in front of the media because they want to have the cameras there. They want to really get off on that, having this uh, – this guy just bow down in front wow, of them. Wow, they really do love uh, the pageantry so, of it. Yeah, he's got to issue an apology. Genuflect. Yeah, he's got to complete the anti-hate causes that the Nets and guess who? The ADL, the Anti-Defamation Defamation League, the same people that go around getting people censored and banned all over the world and all over social media. He's got to... Uh, complete the causes that they assigned to him he's also got to give them five hundred thousand dollars which he actually was going to do before this whole Instagram apology thing and they're like no we don't want that money (laughs) you know it's got to come with strings attached of course he's got to complete sensitivity training issued by the nets he's also got to complete anti-semitic anti-hate training uh issued by the nets he's got to meet with brooklyn Oh, he's got to meet with representatives from the ADL and the Jewish community uh, and their leaders in Brooklyn. And after doing all of that, then he's got to meet with the owner, Mr. China, Joe Tsai, uh, <laughs> and basically reiterate everything he's learned to him so that Joe wow. Tsai can can approve uh, that he's ready to come back and, and, and play basketball again. His it's holiness. Just, it's, it's pretty damn ridiculous. I mean, I'm not really much of a fan of Kyrie personally. Um, I think he's said some pretty bonehead things before, but he's got every right to do it. And this is just going way far beyond just for a stupid post. This has everything to do with the shot. This has everything to do with people standing up against the system, speaking out, and having views that the system doesn't approve. And to Jalen Brown's credit, who is a small forward for the Boston Celtics, he's like the only person I've heard so far come out and have any kind of opinion that somewhat supports Kyrie. He was saying that he he's uh, surprised that the uh, the players' union, you know, where are they? They're, right. Gone where missing. are they at on this? But the players' union is uh, he's expressed that. Uh, some players have been uncomfortable with this list of terms and that he would expect the players union to come out and defend Kyrie. Uh, yet to see that happen yet. We'll keep our eye on it. We'll keep you posted, but just showing you how they will go to no links, stop at nothing to really keep a hold of their power with their information, power of the narrative. And they really want to keep these, these black guys, especially in line. And they do not like it when they stray off. And you see it not only in the sports world, but you see it in uh, politics. Any kind of African-American guy that goes lean start right or uh, a conservative or even runs as a Republican, man, they are ostracized. Uh, a great documentary. Speaking of uh, documentaries, <laughs> um, uh, I believe it was Larry Elder and several other people put out a good documentary called Uncle Tom and how they are ostracized for being black conservatives. Uh, then you've also got the other thing going on recently with Kanye West. It's just, again, we've covered it agnosium, but this is just a, another microcosm of America. And you can see it represented in the NBA and how they treat Kyrie Irving and, and all their other players. And you got all these other media talking heads, guys, that don't support him. They toe the line. 
uh, just like we covered last episode with Jalen Rose and and Shaq and Charles Barkley. I actually was kind of shocked with with Barkley. I thought he was no, a little bit more of a yeah, free thinker, bought, but no, he he also just signed a, a big extension contract yeah. with TNT, so or TBS, whatever they're on. Uh, so craziness, lots of craziness going on, and uh, well, yeah, we'll keep you posted going forward. The players got to stand up against this because they absolutely this, should this this is coming for them, and if they don't think it is, they're fools. You know, yep. they need to step up. They need to unite against this because this is just a, a level of control that we have not seen. And also, too, let's we're, we're now idiots. The reason why they created so many hoops for Kyrie Irving to jump through is that they're pussy ass bitches and they really want Kyrie gone, but they don't have the balls to just fire yeah. him for not following yeah. the way that they want him to. They want him to think and speak and feel. Like this is, it is the National Beta Association, and it's ran, ran perfectly by uh, Headmaster uh, uh, Silver. Because yeah, well, that, this is such a passive aggressive move. This is such a bitch boy move. Okay, now Kyrie, <laughs> after you've received your education, then you got to come over to me and you have to tell me all that you've learned, and then I'll decide whether or not your heart is true. Sai's <laughs> gonna yeah. do that. And uh, uh, yeah, Sai. Sai, who so he who, actually who has he no, met, who's who's in bed with the communist China. Who right, won't speak right. about uh, how the way that Uyghurs are treated. You know, he won't speak about all the things that the way that they 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 you know held uh, Hong Kong and their uprising down. He's got no balls, but he's gonna. I'm gonna judge you, Kyrie, and see if your spirit is true. <laughs> yeah, so Kyrie actually did meet with the commissioner, the NBA commissioner, Adam Silver, today, and supposedly they had a productive meeting, whatever that means. Yeah, that's just um, corporate speak. Yeah, speaking, speaking back to Joe Tsai and the, the agenda behind this punishing you for having dissident views, it really goes back to what do we see in China? We see the social credit score system. Yeah. If you're not a good little citizen, you don't get benefits. You can get fired and uh, you... you you become bad enough of a little citizen, they're just going to come arrest your ass. But here's the thing. They you don't know, put up with any of that. The way that they're able to do, do this is is they control your purse. They control your money. Yeah. And that's the first thing they did. We're going to we're gonna suspend you five games without pay. And then, oh, yeah. oh, then then here comes the apology. It's like when, you know, LeBron made his post about making that Jewish money. It, it was the threat of fine. Then he fell in line. You know, and and uh, again, whatever you say about or think about Kyrie Irving, the man is still entitled to his opinion, his life, his own thought process. But the first thing they affect is your purse. And, you know, we can get really down uh, the rabbit hole in regards to them wanting to uh, have one world bank banking digital system, currency digital currency and they yep. can cut you off in a second oh yeah we didn't really like what you were saying we don't like the post that you made we don't like that the, yep. the quib that you made to your neighbor that we caught on your outdoor you know security cam <laughs> you don't have access to your money right now until you go through all of these steps you donate the, the to this uh, foundation and then you meet with your grandmaster uh, 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 governor in your local air chapter and he can make sure your heart is true and then you can have access <laughs> back to your money. This is Kyrie the microcosm. Should, should make a, a t-shirt that says, <laughs> yeah, my heart yeah. is true. But this is the NBA <laughs> is showing you where this is all going. Absolutely. And, and what's crazy to me is that I know that there's listeners that are like, man, these guys are crazy. Man, they don't talk about He did something he's not supposed to, man. Right. Y'all are bitch boys, man. You fall in line. That's, yep. how, that's how it is. And that's what you're going to be. And you're just going to, Big Daddy's going to tell you how to live 
and you're going to have to take it. But you know what? You've been taking it your whole life. So, you know, ain't nothing going to be any different from, from, so, so I guess, you know, right on, right on. Uh, but, uh, I'm not surprised to see that that's what's happening in the NBA. Um, and I can't, I'm not surprised either that they created so many loopholes for him to jump through what they really want him to do is quit. They want him to say, I'm not doing all of this. I'm out. And they'll go, we tried, we tried, we tried to reeducate him. We tried to, to talk sense into them, but he's just, he's just, you know, he's one of those right winger Trump supporter, January sixers. And we got it. They got to be eradicated from our society. All right. Well, let's move on. Let's move on to the NFL. But before we do that, we'd like to invite you to join our agenda, the sideline agenda, agenda just like that. By subscribing to our podcast on Apple Podcasts or wherever you enjoy your podcast entertainment, give us a five-star review and tell all your friends about the show. You can also follow us on Twitter at Sideline Agenda. Sideline the agenda. Get off the sideline and into the game. Seriously. Get off the damn sideline. Wake up, everybody. Get into the game, the game of life. Stand up for yourself uh, because uh, the walls are closing in, whether you want to admit it or not. Yeah, the game's going on. The game is going on, and you need to get into it and speak up and call these things out. Anyway, like I said, moving on to the NFL, uh, the Indianapolis Colts, they're shaking some things up. Frank Reich, uh, he's, uh, well, his attempts to fix the Colts in their offense has clearly failed. And uh, obviously Jim um, uh, Ursay thought as, so as well. And so he's, he's decided to move on from Frank Reich. And uh, uh, he, he fired him earlier this week. And uh, he kind of just blew everybody's mind um, in one fell swoop by turning around and, and hiring former All-Pro center Jeff Saturday. Um so uh, I, I get the firing of Frank Reich. He's been playing musical chairs with quarterbacks for pretty much his his time in Indianapolis. Um, I can't even count the amount of quarterbacks, starting quarterbacks the man's been through. My goodness. Uh, and I have no idea whose decision it was to just go with Sam Erlinger um, as their starting quarterback, like just committed, just outright, like he's our guy. I mean, who makes that call? I'm assuming that's from Frank. Uh, so, so in regards to that, uh, you know, I, I would personally want to move on from him. I think that that's a right call. Um, you know, the the whole reason of, of of not even going, trying. I mean, sitting Matt Ryan alone was weird to me. Uh, I've heard talks about his contract. You know, there's certain uh, pay scale bumps he would get. You know, hitting certain landmark, you know, starts or whatever for for the season, and and they would avoid having to pay those. You know. Yeah, I don't know if they're all worried about the kind of money or not. But that said, to not try Nick Foles, you got a, a Super Bowl winning quarterback, you know, on your bench, and you go with the untried uh, young guy. Uh, just that was a head scratcher to me. So, so, so moving on from Frank Reich made sense, but. Um, you know, I, I I kind of understand the out of a bo- out of the box approach uh, to uh, uh, move to Jeff Saturday and and name him their the interim head coach, um, and you know obviously he's familiar. He was he was a Colt. He was you know familiar with Indianapolis. He's uh, you know obviously like I said pro Pro Bowl center. Uh, uh, been to, if not won a Super Bowl with, uh, did he ever, he, he didn't, they didn't win, um, together. He played with and, Manning for yeah, a long but time. he played with the Manning crew for, for a very long time. Um, 
So what were you, what do you make of this entire move? Is is uh, Jim Ursay just off his rocker? Uh, even though he promet, per, promotes uh, mental health, health, you know, so 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 rigorously, <laughs> um, it, it, what do you think of the firing of Frank Reich? Uh, what do you think of this move in general in Indianapolis? It's kind of weird. Um, I, I think he, you know, the coach for the Colts, um, you know, he had his opportunity and it definitely didn't work out. So on the merits, you know, if you want to move on as an owner, go in a different direction. You got every right to fire him you can't really argue too much that he shouldn't have been fired, especially like you're pointing out the decision with the quarterback was just kind of strange to sit uh, a seasoned veteran like Matt Ryan um, and say it had nothing to do with an injury. And then you got another seasoned veteran with Nick Foles and you go with a rookie and you, you basically your season's over and you work, even though you didn't have a great start in that division, you were kind of hanging around. Right. They were like and in second place. Now you're like basically going to be out of it. Um, the hiring of just Saturday, um, it seems kind of out of nowhere. Um, he did play with Peyton Manning. He was a great center, so you know he's got to know, you know how football works, how offense works, and and whatnot. Um, you know, of course, you got the typical talking heads for the the media, especially over there at ESPN, making it all about race oh, somehow. Yeah. Like this is oh, they should have hired a, a black guy. Like yeah, Ursay's like, racist. <laughs> oh, didn't he hire Jeff Van Gundy? Or excuse me, um, Jeff Gangley. Jim Caldwell, Jim, yeah, Tony Dungy. Tony Dungy. I mean, it's, just, it's just these guys are just morons. I mean, literally, how do you get a job at ESPN as an analyst? You just got to be an idiot um, and toe the line. <laughs> and toe the line, absolutely toe the line. Um, so a lot of disrespect for Jeff Saturday and his football acumen going out there with the talking heads of the media. Um, but you know, typically when you get rid of a head coach, you, you hire whoever his like next man up is underneath him on the staff already. Cause they're already kind of familiar with everything they were trying to do, but maybe the owner is just going to go a completely different direction and he wants him to go in there and completely retool it. He didn't want someone else to kind of continue what was going on before. So Maybe it'll be a genius move. Maybe this is just something somewhat interim. He's familiar with Saturday. He trusts him. He just wants him to go in there and to finish the season and then maybe find his head coach in the offseason coming up. So, you know, when you own a team, you've you've got the right to do what you want to do with it. You know, we can say if it was smart or dumb, but all this racism talk that the ESPN is constantly pushing, it's just pathetic. Like Guys, get a life. I they mean, just can't see, let it see alone. farther than skin deep. You call all these other people racist when you are the racist. You see everything when it comes to race. It's ridiculous and totally disrespectful to Jeff Saturday and his professional career. Pro Bowl center played with probably the best offensive minded quarterback of all time with Peyton Manning. Show the man some damn respect. Uh, give him a chance, even though he doesn't have much to work with yet. Uh, so be interesting going forward. But yeah, kind of. Uh, strange way the the Colts season has gone from being you know our early season preseason prediction to win that division we I think Scott and I both picked the Colts Kevin I, yeah. I forget who you picked uh I think you might have did the Titans but um yeah kind of a downward spiral ever since they um started out slow then they got rid of Ryan and, and it's just been bad ever since so yeah I totally picked the Titans out of this division but Guys, I'm in favor of this decision. I think a little too little too late. I think they should have done this sooner. 
Um, Frank Wright, obviously great, long uh, time great uh, coach for the Eagles. Uh, won a Super Bowl with the Eagles in 2017. Uh, didn't have that great success over in Indianapolis, and I don't really blame him for pulling the cord on him. Um, you know, Frank Wright came in losing to the Patriots 26 to three, um, in the second worst franchise offensive game, uh, with only accumulating 121 total yards. Um, this was an offense that was pretty lackadaisical, um, literally had no answers for anything. And they seemingly had star players. Um, and they went to zero for 14 on third downs alone, um, trying to, to just, just they can't convert anything, and uh, so and they were they're ranked 27th in the whole league as far as total offense. So uh, nothing special there, you know. Despite you know having last year's rushing champion in Jonathan Taylor, and even bringing Matt Matt Ryan over, um, it just they they look like they look like crap. And coming into the season, um, you know they were ranked sixth in uh, the NFL as far as uh, you know percentages getting back to the playoffs. Uh, they were at 66.9% of a chance of getting back into the playoffs. So um, they're just not producing. They're not mixing well. Um, and, you know, unfortunately, Reich, Reich is, he's accepted too much of blame as far as all these losses. And he's making questionable calls. Like you said, Scott, like what is he thinking, you know, putting an Ellinger in there and an Ellinger there in there and he doesn't do anything. So you would be hopeful with, you know, trusting your head coach and as far as his decision making. But in this case, it's just not paying off for the Colts. We don't know what their identity is. Um, And so this, this move actually kind of leaves questions like, you know, why would they put in Saturday? Like, uh, where did that come from? Um, he has obviously no coaching experience at all, although he does know what it takes to be to be a winner. He's been definitely on winning teams. Um, he's seen a lot of success, especially for the Colts. So with that, uh, you know, with that, uh, with that alone, you know, that's I mean, that qualifies him for this position, in my opinion. And there's even talks of bringing Reggie Wayne in, so a long-time Colt wide receiver, um, great to come in and be the wide, uh, be the receiver uh, coach. So I mean, I don't know what they're what they're going for if they want to bring Peyton Manning in to be the quarterback coach. <laughs> I mean, get them all together Imagine. that way and and see if they can uh, you know replicate something in the air somewhere. But um, I, I honestly I I don't know why um, you know Matt right or excuse me uh, Frank Reich is you know did some of the things he did as far as the moves that he made. It didn't look like they were really playing good football. And so I, I'm not surprised at the decision. I think that they should have probably done it a couple of weeks ago. I do have to disagree with you, Kevin. Jeff Saturday, he does have some coaching experience. Um, he he uh, uh, coached a uh, – uh, he was a head coach for Georgia High School for like four years. <laughs> um, so there's that. But uh, actually, you know, he he wasn't opposed to uh, calling calling plays himself uh, when he was uh, a Colt, much to the chagrin of uh, Peyton Manning. Peyton. Hey, hey, I, hey, quit calling the plays, all right? Hey, we got to run the ball. Can we pass? Watch, watch. We'll run the ball. Can we run it down yeah, there? Just play we center. run it down Yeah, right? Jeff, okay, so we will. will. <laughs> he's, he's calling run plays when, <laughs> when Payton's trying to do pass plays. So, uh, yeah, no, he's got some coaching experience. <laughs> I mean, obviously, Ursay wanted somebody familiar, somebody uh, who he already had a relationship with. He is labeled as a interim head coach. So uh, uh, going back to those conspiracy theorists and at ESPN, he avoids the Rooney rule. 
Um, but at the same time, wouldn't this just be uh, a, a, an example of the Colts just kind of wanting to like tank nice? You know what I mean? Yeah. Unless, what do you think? Do you think Jeff Saturday is going to be the head coach of the Indianapolis Colts in 2023, 2023 season? I, I would be kind of surprised unless somehow he pulls a rabbit out of a hat here and he go on some kind of a winning streak. Uh, unlikely, but yeah, I think it's just kind of the owner picking someone he's familiar with. He, he trusts, knows can lead a locker room and just kind of just get through the rest of the season. It's basically a lost cause already. And then he's going to try and reshuffle and, and uh, retool in the off season and probably decide on who his actual head coach is going to be going forward. Yeah, yeah, it's tough to it's tough to like really hunt and find a good head coach. There's a lot of guys on staffs. When the season is over, guys become available. You can get other coordinators. You know, you can make moves there. So these people are just all knee jerk in the corporate media. Just of course, always trying to stoke up flames. And uh, yeah, so I think it's just a guy he's already familiar with just to get through the season. Yeah, I mean, as, as far as that soundbite, Scott, I completely agree with that. If he goes in this this team with that mentality, you know, with Jonathan Taylor, that we all know what he he's capable of. And if they he turns this into a running offense, they might have a chance to turn this thing around because that might be the only thing they they should be able to do. Because you know, just looking at Matt Ryan, he's committed twelve turnovers, including nine interceptions in seven games. Um, yeah, and but the guy was sacked twenty four times. He's got to be protected. You know, I mean, that's a, those are one of those things when people dog on QBs that have uh, done nothing but laid on the, the, the ground, you know, the majority of the time. It's like, dude, what do you expect these guys to do? I mean, he's a veteran quarterback. I expect him to go out there and turn the team around, play offensive and hit his man down the field and not turn the ball over 12 times in, fair enough. in seven games. Fair <laughs> enough. Know, like, no, but then you go to Sam Ellinger. You know what I mean? So yeah, hopefully right. exactly. if anything exactly. if anything, the thing that Jeff will do, the big the big difference will be he'll 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 play Nick Foles instead of Sam Ellinger. Um and uh, you know, in that that way uh, uh he'll uh uh probably at least bring the team back to five hundred. Um and, and, and going back to the to to the Ursay, you know, uh, race baiting that uh, ESPN just can't help themselves from doing. Again, we said it, but it's like how is it that when you hire Tony Dungy, uh, you hire Jim Caldwell as your head coach, th- that then you're not a racist. But then when you hire Jeff Saturday, just because he didn't go through the traditional ranks of, uh, you know, being a coordinator or something like that, and, and you know, he's, he's a white guy, then that makes you racist you know it's like god was he was espn racist for hiring jeff saturday to be an analyst on their in their broadcasting (laughs) you know what i mean like come on right anyway it's just you know grifters got a grift but uh um so yeah we'll see and actually we'll see quite soon because uh jeff saturday uh he's gonna have less than a week to get acquainted with the uh, staff and implement a plan for sunday's game against well, the Las Vegas Raiders, which is actually the perfect matchup, I suppose, that you'd want. <laughs> if you had to face anybody coming in as an interim head coach, you'd, you'd want you'd want the Raiders, right? I mean, come on. Yeah. Like, you're setting yourself up for success there. So uh, we'll see how that one turns out. All right, let's, let's set our gaze to Thursday night, Thursday night football. Um, it's going to be the Atlanta Falcons heading to Carolina to take on the Panthers. Um, we talked about this last week. We think it's probably pretty much set in stone that the Carolina Panthers are in, in full uh, tank mode. 
I do hear that PJ Walker is going to get the start again, but uh, we'll probably have a very short leash uh, based off his performance last week. I think he threw like nine yards and they had to cut to Baker Mayfield. He had to bring old Mayfield in uh, to, to, to sweep up. Um, and, and of course they just got obliterated by the Cincinnati Bengals. Um, and, and the Atlanta Falcons, they are indefinitely in a battle. They are in a battle for the NFC South, and they want to uh, get back to that top slot, I'm sure. Uh, this is definitely going to be an opportunity for them to step towards that direct, to put, put that right foot in the right direction regarding getting back to the top of their division. I fully expect the Atlanta Falcons to win this game. Is there something I'm not seeing? What are you guys thinking about primetime Thursday night football? <laughs> yeah, primetime Thursday football has been a snooze fest all season for the most part. And I think that they're really hoping that this is going to be the first great game. They're going to get a repeat of when these two teams faced off a few weeks back where it was the classic matchup back and forth, Hail Marys, overtimes. Uh, it's not going to happen this time. The Falcons are going to handle this game, especially coming off that that bad taste in their mouth from the Chargers game that they literally fumbled away. Uh, so I fully expect the Falcons to uh, control this game and take the win and be right back in the i think they're tied for first right now with with tampa so get that uh, half game up and put some more pressure on tampa to have to win and match them so yeah i don't think the panthers are going to repeat the same type of performance they had last time against the falcons yeah i would agree uh this is in carolina although i feel like if they started uh mayfield i feel like carolina would just win because that's just, just the way things seemingly are starting to pan out um but I, I totally expect Falcons to, you know, run over Carolina. Um, I, I expect, you know, Mariota to be including Drake London in there in his offensive scheme, you know, hitting them down the field. I know that they're favored. Um, and so just looking at the line, I mean, as, as far as yards allowed, you know, the, uh, the, uh, the Falcons are allowing 416 yards. I mean, and then, you know, Carolina is allowing 379 defensively. So, I mean, this, I mean, potentially this might be one of those things where we're like thinking, you know, Falcons are going to come in there and, but their defense, again, I've been talking about this for week, week, weeks on end that their defense is very, very trash. And so, um, if, if Carolina gets something going, you know, never know, uh, Carolina could really come out on top on and surprise everybody but regardless uh i'm gonna stick to my gut and i'm, I'm gonna pick the falcons on this one all right well that's coming up thursday night football more like thursday not football <laughs> that's <laughs> yeah, how those it's, it's kind of are. funny that they always try to to draw extra interest which is it's just funny because it's the only game going on so they have to resort to everyone that plays on thursday always has some weird alternate uniform it's like, oh, we're wearing these today. Like, hey, be sure to watch. We're playing, and uh, the sure enough, the Panthers are, are going to have a like a black helmet, all black jersey, and uh, another Ooh. alternate uniform. And I got to say that this is, <laughs> yeah, I definitely got to see. I got to say though, this I is tune in now. <laughs> this is probably the first of these alternate jerseys all season that I actually think looks pretty good. All the rest of them have, I, I have not been a fan. Of. All right. Well, that's going to do it for us here at sideline the agenda. Thank you so much for listening to our show. Please subscribe to our podcast on Apple podcasts or wherever you enjoy your podcast entertainment. Give us a five-star review, uh, like subscribe, tell your friends about the show, do all of that stuff. All of those things. We really appreciate it. My name is Scott. That's Kevin. That's Chris. This is Sideline the Agenda. Get off the sideline and into the game.